There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. There's a mistake and a throw. Puck by Bridget. Fans, it is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I am co-host Tom, and I am happy to be here with you for season three, episode twenty. I've got with me, as always, and he's uh, he's hustling, he's digging, he's grinding, he's working in the corners. It's co-host Randy. Hello to you, good sir. How are you today? Doing great. It's a beautiful Friday here in Winnipeg. I think good things are in store for the boys and girls. Uh, we just got to work hard, play a full 60, get pucks deep, get pucks on net, and uh, eat your vegetables. That is great advice, and I will take it to heart. Um, <laughs> I like it. So, Randy, we're here, Season 3, Episode 20. We've got a really awesome episode for the folks today. Uh, we've got a Connecticut band. I think that, I think you could say they're Connecticut uh, based that's in america um the zambonis will be joining us in the program today just a little later so stay tuned for that we've got a real fun chit chat with them they've been kicking it since 1992 every song they've ever written is about hockey and they're still going and still uh they're working on new material right now so yeah, they're going to be joining us uh, in a little while, so that's going to be good. But we, we have to talk about who this episode is based on. Number 20, we're going with Lucky Luke himself, Monsieur Robitaille. Luke Robitaille, famous number 20, one of the greatest number 20s. Uh, a lot of people have worn number 20, Randy, like over 500, according to my source. Um, so that's 10,000, I think, if you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Click on the numbers. Yeah. Uh, no. But like, I think when we were talking about number 20s before we started the show here, is like, how could we pick anyone other than Luke? We'll give an honorable mention right off the top to Dino Cicerelli. We'll have some other number 20 honorable mentions, but let's talk a little Luke. Um, you know, here's a guy who was, he, he played his junior hockey for the Hall Olympique in the QMJHL and absolutely tore it up there. And, and then he was drafted by. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just okay. stop for a second. Yeah. He, in his third year, he had 191 points in 63 games. That's more than tearing it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. That's he that's almost had 200, 200 points in 63 games. That's freaking wild. So. Yeah. And he, somehow he was only drafted in the ninth round. Like they don't even have nine rounds anymore. No, I guess maybe, I don't know what, what who, what, like why were they so hesitant to, to draft Luke Robitaille? And what a steal. Like he was drafted 171st overall yeah. and fast forward through the years. And he ends up almost scoring 700 NHL goals. Yeah. Inducted to the hall of fame in 2009, which was only like, whatever three seasons after he retired so like as soon as he was eligible you know it's like so like that's a big mystery like why why did he get get passed on till the ninth round we'll have to dig deep in a future episode like an investigative talking hockey report <laughs> we'll figure figure this one out yeah, yeah. unless there was like you know 20 scouts that are 21 scouts even that uh, were just completely sleeping on the job but anyways, yeah maybe maybe um scouts didn't like going to hull to you know th that draft i will just say that was the draft that mario lemieux went number one overall in 1984 so and mario played for laval so mario and and luke probably you know clashed in in the queue a couple times but um yeah just uh 
pretty wild there. Like, I, I don't understand that. So, um, well, if you think about it, uh, you know, in the 1984 draft, Edmonton with their first pick in the, in the first round drafted Selmar Odeline, who, <laughs> <laughs> who put together the quite the career of 18 games and zero goals. So yeah, way yeah. to go Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I see Edmonton's drafting, uh, skill has really not yeah. faded with time. Yeah, they nailed that on that one. But anyways, yeah, continue with Lucky Luke here. Right, right. So um, I just want to give a little fun fact about Luke. Uh, two fun facts about Luke that are like outside hockey. And that is one, that his stepson is the grandson of Steve McQueen, a.k.a. Bullet, uh, which has the greatest car chase of like any movie ever, basically. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then the other fun fact about Luke, he made a cameo, uh, like play, played himself in the eighth, in an episode on the eighth season of how I met your mother or what, how do people abbreviate that one? Hi, hi, my, hi, my Mothra or something, (laughs) my mother, but also, wasn't he also in another movie? D2, the Mighty Ducks. I thought he was in, uh, the john claude van damme movie oh yes sorry sorry that is a fun yeah forget mighty ducks who cares he appeared in the movie sudden death starring jcvd which is set at the at, i believe it was called the igloo in pittsburgh the old rink so yeah, the civic the civic center they, yeah the, the, the nickname for it was the igloo yeah right and and the plot was that terrorists were going to blow it up in the middle of a hockey game so this it would have been the year, I guess, that that Robitaille played for um, the Penguins, and <laughs> the di- the directors. I don't understand this line. The directors used this to their advantage, sending Robitaille in on a breakaway to tie the game as time expired. Which, mm, that was why it went to like because it was going to be like when the clock expired. That was when the bomb was going to go off or something. So. Uh, you could say Luke Robitaille saved the day. Pretty much. And he had, he had quite the career. Yeah, yeah. So his highest goal total, he, he hit 63 goals in, for the 92-93 Kings. Um, you know, add, added 62 assists. And that was when you played 84 games in the NHL. There was only like a couple seasons where they did that. Um, and that would have been prime luke and wayne time you know oh, yeah they yeah. were hanging they were hanging out they were going going for post-game margaritas well they probably <laughs> saw the same oh, no. stylist i think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they, they for sure had the same stylist they probably hit the beach uh yeah. before and after the games yeah um but the clock is ticking here tommy we we got it okay. we got to keep things moving here because we got a full show with the zambonis that's true we do so let's let's move on Okay, quickly, I'll just do a list, list style honorable mentions for number 20. We mentioned Dino Cicerelli. How about Manitoba's own Eddie Belfour? Uh, Valerie Bure wore number 20 on and off. He's um, married to TV star or was uh, Candace something or other. I bet you she knows Luke Robitaille too. Exactly, right? Like it all, <laughs> it all comes around. Uh, Lars Eller, the Great Dane. Uh, not as great as our day, Nikolaj Ehlers, but he wore number 20 or wears number 20. Builder Lago, who is uh, also a Manitoba guy and a famous mustache wearing guy from the 80s. He he wore 20. Thomas Steen, local legend. Wore no, Al- Alex Steen. Alex oh, Steen. sorry. Alex Steen. Right. Thomas is his father. We'll do that uh, one in five episodes. Yeah. Pete Mahovlich. Oh. Paul Stastny's uncle, Anton Stastny, he wore number 20. Um, and uh, how about Gary Suter also wore number 20? That's just a, that's and just Ryan. a taste. And his nephew, Ryan. So uh, uh, Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so lots of familial connections. Yeah, to... 20, 20s in the family. Yeah, yeah. So you got to like that. Um, but let's, let's just move along here, Randy. I was, I was wondering if you think... Is Buffalo the biggest tire fire in the NHL this year? That's just, that's just, uh, let's start with that question. (laughs) 
I would say yes, but also I would say that's like what's one plus one, you know, like that's like that's like the easy one. Um, exactly. So I'm gonna go off the board because everyone is probably just just ripping on Buffalo these days. Right. But and they've actually won some games lately, although and they're without Eichel and you know they yeah. traded away a bunch of guys. But like going into this season, if you you know look look back at some of our old episodes, I was thinking Calgary was gonna be a lot better team this year. Also, Absolutely. I was thinking Philadelphia Flyers were going to be a really good team this year, and both teams have not been. Um, so I would say um, Buffalo, you know, maybe, yeah, sure, they're, they're a dumpster fire, but maybe it's kind of be to be accept, expected because that's just the way things go in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to give, give, a, give a, you know, a, a dual uh, accreditation to the Calgary Flames and the Philadelphia Flyers for being dumpster fires when they should be a lot better than they are. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are good picks. And I think both of those could fault their goaltending, you know, at times like there was a stretch of time there where Philadelphia's goalies, uh, Carter Hart, who everybody thinks is going to be like, or in is a legit NHL goalie where he couldn't stop a beach ball and neither could uh, Brian Elliott. And the Flyers just couldn't like play defense to save their lives. Um, and then Calgary signed, you know, Markstrom for big money in the offseason. And he's been okay, but he has, you know, he he kind of was pretty um mediocre at best for a lot of the season. And and you know, and then Calgary couldn't score any goals and they're having a hard time. But the team that I'm gonna nominate for dumpster fire of the season is the Columbus Blue Jackets, Randy. Like, they that's, have that's sucked. That's pretty solid, yeah. Yeah, they have sucked. Like, that, I that saw dumpster stat, is scorching. Yeah, I saw a stat that since, like, March 2nd, they're the lowest scoring team in the NHL. They have the worst record in the NHL. Um, they just, like, you know, the, their goaltending hasn't been great. Like, they they've now traded away a bunch of the pieces of the roster that they, they made the playoffs four seasons in a row prior to this one. And so, you know, now their captain, Nick Foligno plays in Toronto. Um, one of their young dudes, Pierre-Luc Dubois plays for Winnipeg. Of course they got Patrick Line in return for him and Roslovic. So that's like pretty good. And then uh, they traded Riley Nash and I don't know, somebody else maybe, but, They've also got Wierenski has been hurt for like a lot of the season. And when he hasn't been hurt, he's been playing terrible. Well, yeah, maybe he's uh, just been injured the whole time. But also like Max Domi has been healthy scratched a bunch of times. Yeah. Rostovic, I think is healthy scratched one or two times. I don't don't think Line has been healthy scratched yet. But he's been benched. (laughs) But but you got to think like, like, what do you think the mood is like in that dressing room? Right. Like, well, is it, is it like when you have to go to school, like on Monday morning and you're like, oh man, like, just I, not, I just don't want to be wanna. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Elvis Mers Lurkins, the goalie, uh, he, the, this, there was a story that I saw this morning about how he was like, I wish we could just cancel this season and delete it from the record. Like <laughs> he's like, it's not fun. It's not been good. And to me, the question is like, there's been a lot of talk about John Tortorella as the coach of the Blue Jackets, and he's he's had success with that team. It's proven. They have four seasons in a row that they were pretty solid. Um, but this year, the wheels fell off, and a bunch of moves were made. And I feel like that he's lost the team, and he doesn't have a contract after this season. And there's been a lot of talk about him not coming back to to coach next year. So, like, why hasn't why didn't they just fire him and go with some other coach? Like I mainly that re, the reason for that is like, just to give the new coach, the fresh start. Mm. It, it, it is a difficult task taking over a team in the middle of the season. So it's like, if they already knew this season was a write-off, like just complete, yeah. completely finish it and then give the new guy the, you know, the reins in the off season. And he's got all the time to prepare for the season. It it was very similar to like when um, Bednar took out, took over in Colorado from Patrick Waugh, when he just left unexpectedly, unexpectedly all of a sudden. And that was very early in the season, right before the season. I think it was like preseason or training camp. And so he had nothing to do. He had nothing to do to prep. And like that whole season, they were just terrible, 
But right. then the next season, they were like they, they were started their on. upward yeah. trajectory. Yeah. So like the the maybe the plan is in motion that you know Tortorella is not going to be there next year, but it's just to give the new guy, whoever that new guy is, is like a, a fresh a fair, a fair, a fair shot. Yeah. And then maybe maybe the coach that they have their eyes set on, uh, maybe they know he's going to become available this summer, kind of yeah. thing. But yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Columbus during the offseason, whether they are able to extend Patrick Laine or if they deal him or they get a new coach or what happens there. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the silver lining in all this, too, is like they have three first round picks in, in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, you know, a quick way to kind of rebuild things. Yeah, for sure. Well, Randy, it looks like our guests, the Zambonis, are uh, knocking at the door. So we better we better put our interview hats on and uh, see what's going on over there. So before we before we do that, though, we're gonna just uh, put our buckets on, and this is a song called "The Helmet Song" by the Zambonis. So uh, yeah, check this tune out, and when we come back, we'll be talking to the boys from the band. Craig McTavish, you got a lot of hair on your head. But if you lose your balance, you just might end up dead. All right, boys, welcome to the show. We've got with us Dave Schneider and Matt. I didn't, Matt the Monkey, I guess it is, is it? Matt the Monkey's perfect. I love it. Matt the Monkey. Yeah, so the band, the the Zambonis, the the world's greatest hockey band, probably. Um, Well, well, the world's greatest only all hockey band. Okay. So there might be other hockey bands. I'm sure there are in Winnipeg and canada but we do every song about hockey and no other band does that i believe unless okay. you guys know different just just so our listeners know your voices can you just introduce yourselves off the off the get-go dave you go first and then matt you follow up yeah my name is dave zamboni and uh i am the uh, captain of the zambonis uh the world's only all hockey rock band 
My name is Matt the Hockey Monkey Gonzalez, uh, Dave's sidekick, right hand man, and all around good monkey. <laughs> uh, we do. We have a mascot, and Matt is our monkey. Um, yeah. And um, he's been in this band since 1999, and we started in '92. Yeah, so, so you guys uh, have been been rocking for a while. So why don't you take us back to the formation of the band, uh, if your memory goes back that far? Like what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the what was the sort of impetus and like what got it going? Well, we were at a Doors concert in 1967. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Hanging with Jim Morrison backstage, yeah. and he said, "I am the Lizard King," and I said, "Well, I love hockey, man." <laughs> no, uh, he. I have these friends, Peter and Tarkin Cadis, and uh, they had this band called the Philistines Jr. I loved this band. I wanted to be in a band with them. And I didn't know how to do that until I realized they played hockey. So I said, hey, do you guys want to write some songs about hockey? And one of them said, yes. He went to Yale. Tarkin said, yes. And Peter said, no, you guys are idiots. But then we sucked them in and uh, we got in the same band together. And it worked out great because uh, we just started writing songs and it sort of never stopped. We wanted to break up a couple times, but people would offer us stuff. So we couldn't break up if we're getting offered to, <laughs> to do, to do shows and stuff. So that's, that's the, that's how it started. So actually take us through who, like, who's, who are the other members of the band that aren't, aren't here with us right now? Like that they, they're, you know, they're uh, out and about in Connecticut or wherever they are. Well, being a hockey band, the, the, uh, the team changes, you know, so it's we we've uh, we keep everybody. I call it uh, in on the team or on the bench, but I think it's on the roster, Dave. On the roster, sure, sure, <laughs> monkey. You got a taxi squad. Yeah. yeah. So the original guys were me, Peter, Tarkin, and John, but uh, that that went went sort of all over the place, and we pulled in some other guys, and you know, the first guy to pull in after that was this guy Matt, but then Steve. Steve got in, he got out, he was trouble. He was a troubled man. <laughs> but we just brought Steve back in last year. So it's kind of cool. But we do run it like a family. So right now, the band is humming. Uh, it's a great band. Me, Steve Tansky, Carrie Pollock on guitar, Swifty on bass, and Rich Dart uh, on drums. And uh, it's the band is killer. But we still have Tarkin, the original guy. He fills in. And uh, when Matt can't be the monkey, we, we, we bring Tarkin in to be the monkey. And Swifty's texting me from a Rangers game right now, actually. Is, is, <laughs> is there a prerequisite for the guys in the band that you that you need to play hockey, or is it just... No. Yeah. No. You know, just... we're, I, I don't... You know, I know it's a hockey podcast, but we are into music probably more than hockey. Some yeah. Of, some of us. So I yeah. love the fact that you know, for example, Steve, he got in the band and he, he never saw hockey before. He's, he's just, he's an amazing guitarist. He played like with all these great bands. He played with guys from the Dead Boys and yeah. he's been around. Yeah. So I take him to a game and uh, all of a sudden a fight breaks out and he's like, holy shit. I, I let one fly. <laughs> They're fighting. They're fighting. Oh my God. And he went home that night. We have a song called Fight on the Ice, which... I didn't write. I, I write a lot of our songs with the, with the other guys, but Steve came back. He's like, I wrote this song called Fight on the Ice. I never knew they had fights in the arena. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so it, it's great. So, no, they don't have to know a lot. Rich, the new drummer, he, he doesn't know much about hockey, but he's the touring drummer for the Monkees for the last 16 years. So we said, you, you could be in our band. You could, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Nice. You don't yeah. need to know, know about <laughs> hockey. Yeah, oh. went went to a went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. That's the old oh, saying. Oh, great eh? stuff there, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, my dog wants to get out. Hang on, yeah, no monkey, stop talking so much. Yeah. So, Matt, how did like tell us how you uh, joined the squad? How did you get come into the mix? So, me and Dave worked together for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I was the mascot for the first, it was the inaugural season for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I think it was 2002. No, 99, 2000, 2001. No, it wasn't. It was 2002. I mean, this is really why we should not talk before <laughs> the show. Talking hockey. Um, 2000, 
one or two. All right, fine. I was the on ice MC, and Matt yeah. comes in. Go ahead, Matt. Oh no, yeah, and I was the mascot, and then just we kind of just met, and they gave us kind of in the AHL a little bit of free reign to do kind of whatever we wanted as mascot and MC. So we just kind of, you know, did some different skits. We talked before the, you know, they said. And we want you to give out a prize or do the on ice t-shirt toss. We kind of came up with different shtick and we you know we had a great rapport. And I was like, Hey, you're in this band of Zambonis. And I had actually heard of the Zambonis. I think we had downloaded some stuff off Napster back in the right. day. Had, oh, yeah. Of course. LimeWire, Napster, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the so classics. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of talking to my friend Jane. I think, like, I think this is the same band, you know? And, and then we just got it, started talking and he um, had this beat up, gorilla costume and he was like why don't you come down and wear this gorilla costume to the show and i did it and then we've just been doing it ever since and we have morphed it into that beautiful hockey monkey costume that you can you see somewhere it's here somewhere and it's pretty uh, amazing did I we actually you? our our guest from last week played for the bridgeport sound tigers in 2006 uh oh, jason goulet punishing defenseman oh, i know goulet i remember him yeah sure. yeah <laughs> Yeah, so he, Jason Jason runs a, a company now in Winnipeg called No Name Hockey. It's like a hockey stick company. Yeah, and I've uh, been able to connect with him lately. And yeah, he was our uh, our guest on That's the episode. Pretty last funny, week. yeah, coincidence. So like, I I've I kind of wonder like, so like, how did you get into being a mascot? Is that um, was it just like, I think I, like a job ad? You know, you're reading the paper. Uh, I'm going to apply for this or. Had you been into mascotting of, since like high school or a little bit of. A little bit of luck, a little bit of, yeah, I, I went to the University of Rhode Island and okay. I was, you know, I was always kind of, I knew the mascots growing up, you know, the, you know, the different NCAA mascots, whatever the team mascots. And then at college, I kind of, I dabbled in it. We did some events, you know, meet the university events. I didn't get to do any of the good things like the basketball games. I was like the under study to the understudy of Rudy the Ram, but I did some events. And then, uh, Rudy the Ram. I heard that the Bridgeport Sound. I, I was Rudy the Ram. Rudy, Rudy. Um, I was um, so Bridgeport Sound Tigers first season. My friend was working in ticket sales, and he's like, "Hey, we need a mascot." And I was like, "Well, I can ice skate, and I want to be the mascot." So I just kind of showed up, and they gave me the job. Nice. But uh, the story doesn't end there, my friends, because me and Dave, uh, we parted way shortly because I got the call. I got the big call up with Rick DiPietro. I got the oh, call up to the big time and I got up to the bigs and I did seven seasons at the New York Islanders. Amazing. True story. So, the I, as the same mascot that was in Bridgeport? No. Uh, Sparky the Dragon. He's still, uh, he's still a mascot today. Okay. okay. I was the uh, first Sparky the Dragon and I did seven years with the Islanders organization, which is impressive it, it is that is tenured uh you know tenured islanders in that time I it's like 40 42 games a, a year you yeah, know it was a lot so of a lot of games and uh yeah we got the call up with uh rick dipietro and who else was on those teams goddard eric goddard trent hunter Trent hunter yeah trent hunter so what yeah. was it like doing being a mascot in a in a packed house like that Oh, it was unbelievable. Those... Well, hold on, hold on. Was it packed? Were the okay. other teams packed? <laughs> the old Nassau Colise Coliseum, I guess. Eh? It's yeah. like... um, I will say, um, passionate fans. And at that time, they had that really good playoff series with the Maple Leafs. I think we're thinking, we're talking like, my memory is not great with dates, but 2005, 2006, 2007, the great playoff series with the Tampa Bay, excuse me, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Coliseum was sold out and just the, the atmosphere at those games was absolutely incredible. Being just being there was really, really amazing. But the story doesn't end there. Doesn't. You left the big show, said no way Islanders, but you stuck with the hockey band. I did stick with the hockey band. Um, that is true. But uh, I got to go to six or so all-star games, I think, because the NHL oh, wow. would send all the mascots um, to the uh, to the all-star games. So we had some really good, uh, amazing, amazing times. Scored a goal in the mascot uh, mascot <laughs> hockey game in Atlanta. That was one of my claims to fame. So off a deflection, I couldn't see anything. But uh, you know, went, off my, <laughs> went off my stick. But a lot of those mascots were, you know, really great great hockey players too so it was uh, it was fun you know fun That's to get all cool. the mascots together 
Hey guys, I just got a reminder to do the show an hour after we started. Okay, that's perfect. Well, perfect. <laughs> let's let's get her going. So that's Fox funny team. you mentioned the All Star Game there because you know I'm gonna cite Wikipedia here, and after re- re- uh, reading the Wikipedia page on the Zambonis, you guys uh, opened the All Star Game one year. Is that correct? Yeah. Or or did someone put that on no, Wikipedia wrong? No, no, there are more than. Okay. What are we doing? Uh, we did uh, two All Star games. Yeah, two All Star games. 2002 at the Staples Center in LA us us Jewel and Matt you would probably know the name of that band but I didn't they had the word red in their name I forget oh no it was it was five for fighting geez that's right five for fighting us and Jewel nobody and, gets and, hockey players pumped up like Jewel does though I'll tell you. Five for fighting. yeah yeah um, you are right about the Jewel they love it yeah well you might say that but um, she's pretty our, cool. The hallway, the 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 hallway going to the ice, on one side. This was a special uh, All Star game where they was the first time they got the the USA team from 1980 completely together. So on one side, our our, our dressing room. If I looked out on one side, lined up was the whole USA 1980 team. On the other side were all of the NHL All Stars. Oh, cool. And Jewel, we walked out of our dressing room and they didn't really look. But when Jewel came out of her dressing room, I think For you're sure. wrong. <laughs> For everybody took note. Yeah. We can write every song about any player in the world, but no one was looking at us. They were looking at Jewel. Fair enough. Yeah. She's a talented lady. Yeah. yeah. Dave, and Dave, you mentioned something in, in our emails leading up to the show, uh, which I kind of thought, like, I, you know, it's it's, it's true. Like, uh, you mentioned the the tragically hip, like uh, in Canada, there are like one of the the bands. Like if you think of you know Canada, you think of hockey, you think of the hip. Uh, but obviously that that's a band that didn't do so well uh, south of the border. So yeah. just, just just go take me through kind of what you were mentioning in the email there about like what what you meant with with that. Well, I I, I love the hip, um, but I would go see them in the states uh, beside you know, in Detroit or, or Michigan, I know they drew well there, but when you went to a show that wasn't New York, there were a lot of Canadian folks, but you know, I'd go see them at Toad's place, which is a big club in here in Connecticut in New Haven. And there's 40 people there. So it was, uh, I, I, I wasn't saying that the Zambonis are equal to the hip. Um, not at all, but the fact that uh, I feel like we are are completely ignored by Canada, and and uh, I feel we deserve citizenship. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> no, I agree with that, and and that's funny. Like I'm just curious, like what what has been your uh, you know exposure to Canada? Like, have you guys toured up here at all, or like what what what, what have you we done? Did, we did a couple trips up there. Um, we did get a record deal with Network Records, and they put out our greatest hits which was great. And um, I actually just sent them an email because we've got a new record coming out. And I, I think it's, I think it's great. And I'd like to get it out in Canada and we're looking for some sort of distribution deal over there. So hopefully we can get back with them, but yeah, we did shows, you know, that's where I met Grant, Grant Lawrence and, Mm -hmm. and basically every, every other hockey playing rocker, um, uh, Dave Bedini was a really early supporter of ours. Um, so yeah, we should, we should just live up there. Um, we, love, <laughs> we love North Bay. Yeah. yeah. We did My brother there. lived in North Bay for a while. Really? Uh, I probably met him. Are there a lot of people up there? Well, he was <laughs> only there for like a summer or something. I think chances are they played the little pickup hockey together. Yeah. Though. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I totally just had a brain fart. Where was I going with that? I smell hard it. To, hard to say. <laughs> hard to say. We were going to talk about how we played at North by Northwest in Toronto, right, Dave? Didn't we do that one year? Look at oh, you. It'd be North by Northeast, isn't it? North by Northeast, yeah. See, I don't even know directions. <laughs> just North. We did yeah. play there. Yeah. We did, we're play talking, we did play there, right? And you were a bit concerned because me and Steve Tansky went missing for a few hours. That's Where did you guys go? Uh, we went to a rugby to see Canada play Wales in rugby because we went to a brewery for a beer and the yeah. brewery owner was like, hey, 
do you want to come watch the rugby game? And me and Steve <laughs> were like, he's like, you have all the beer you want, free tickets. They were promoting the event. But the Zamboni's gig was at like seven o'clock that night. He's like, the only thing is I'll take you down there, but you have to ride in the back of the beer truck. So he literally <laughs> opened up the back of the beer truck and we sat on the cases of beer, went to the uh, Wales versus Canada International Rugby Friendly, unloaded some beer, helped them out and we watched the game, but we couldn't get back home because we didn't have a way to get back from the, it was pre-Uber and pre-all the, yeah. the, the methods of getting home. So um, Dave was freaking out a bit because the guitarist and the mascot were MIA in the, big, in the big smoke. Yeah, yeah. Oddly <laughs> enough, oddly enough, we need both to play the mascot and the guitarist. Yeah, so, um, but a, all rugby band could be in our future, I guess, Dave. You could do that one. I'm a little tied up. <laughs> so, 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 Dave, you're sporting the the Whalers jersey and the Whalers cap. Oh, Zamboni's jersey with Zamboni's, the Whalers, uh, the Whalers flavored yeah. jersey. Yeah. So, so Tom has has uh, done some research. And he's prepared. Uh, he's prepared some some questions for you guys. Well, I have a little bit of Hartford Whalers trivia. Now, uh oh, yeah, like now, now, Matt, after having been the uh, mascot for the um, New York Islanders, maybe you're an Isles fan. Uh, if I are we are we in a full confession? Am I allowed to do a full yeah, confession? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of me as your priest. Or it's a safe space here. It's a yeah. safe space. So yeah. I don't want the yeah. fans to uh, track me down from the lighthouse.com or whatever fan blog, but I grew up in Queens, New York City. Okay. And I grew up a Rangers fan. Okay. But my dream to become a mascot in the NHL had to go through the Islanders as the Rangers to this day still do not have a mascot. So it was a very odd feeling when I first put on the islanders dragons slash islanders jersey and the first islanders rangers game was very strange to me because it's a weird feeling but i had to equate it to being traded you know there's been trade right. yeah. the rangers are free agents so i kind of had to had to do that exactly but, even gretzky got traded so you know you know so i had to do it so. <laughs> did, you, did it ever occur to you because you know things didn't end perfectly with the islanders did, you, did it ever occur to you just to repel and rip off like Hulk Hogan ripped the Islanders jersey off and there's the um, Rangers. Rangers one right underneath. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a good way. <laughs> Not that it ended poorly, it just ended it didn't end how the way you wanted it to end because they just wanted me to do more full time stuff and I was teaching, so I couldn't do yeah. Both, but I didn't have the kind of ending I wanted. My only regret is not taking one of the heads because I, I just envisioned it on my like mounting it over the fireplace or something, you know, have like the years or something. Yeah. That's my only regret, I guess, is, is committing a felony and stealing is my only regret. Um, <laughs> it gets washed after seven years. But um, one quick one quick thing about the Islanders, and I don't know um, in Canada, and, and, and Tommy, I promise I won't, I'll listen to your trivia question in one second. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know um, what teams are, are, are where their fans are just, kind of dicks in canada but oh that's easy <laughs> is it toronto yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right <laughs> yeah but I, everywhere i go i wear a hartford whalers jersey even if i go to a, a baseball game mets red sox baltimore i wear a whalers jersey um i wear it to a bruins game and they're they're fine anywhere you go oh well yeah let's go well yeah. Or they start bump, 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 bump. <laughs> you wear it to an Islanders game, no matter when it was. It could it was 15 years after they're gone, whatever it is. Well, suck. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 the, the biggest I couldn't believe it. It never failed. It never failed, Matt. <laughs> well, <laughs> passionate fans, I guess, as you were saying before, like how they uh welcomed John Tavares back there a couple of seasons ago. It's like, oh hey, this guy was your captain, but now let's yeah. run over his jersey and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask so Matt so Matt, is your does your allegiance still lie with the Rangers or, or who's your who's your squad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went back to my I went back to my home. I went back to a Rangers, you know, working right in the city, being able to go to the zipping over to the games. My buddy had season tickets. So yeah. Cool. But I still uh I still see my old friend Sparky, you know, and stuff. And I think about it. But it was a good it was a good time. I was working the NHL was I mean, it was amazing. So I always I wondered that about uh like 
if if you grew up in New York City or wherever in the New York metropolitan area, like how do you decide who you're cheering for? And so you you say you're originally from Queens, and yeah. Queens is technically on Long Island, is it not? That is true. That is so true. But it is part. It is it's New York. Part, it's one of the five boroughs of yeah. the city. So, I so think you're a pretty good divide. That Queens is kind of the the line. Okay. You get some Islander fans in Queens, but. Yeah. All, everywhere else is pretty much Ranger fans. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good knowledge to have. I need there, to there's, a, there's a trio of sports that usually sticks, and it's Jets, Islanders, Nets, yeah. Giants, Rangers, Knicks. And the, right. the new Islanders arena is going to be right on the border. It's, you can throw a rock and hit Queens, and it's going to be right, right there. Some I, people uh, will throw rocks at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's exciting they know they got their their new building and yeah that is big for them yeah. all right tommy i'm ready for harford whalers trivia okay okay sounds good i just want to preface the trivia with the fact that i'm drinking a beer right now called the hazy whaler oh I love it it's delicious. It's one of my that favorites. Represents, that represents the f- former fans of the whale. <laughs> and I got, I've got a set of hockey cards I picked up for $2 at a flea market of the 1990 Hartford Whalers. Wow, and, that's uh, a cool case. What is that yeah, case? Yeah, it's, it's just like a weird, you know, skate-shaped case and if you put the, that on ebay i know my, this guy right know here it. is one of my all-time favorites yeah, i love sure. dave babbage uh, one of my favorites oh my god um but is there's there a, there's there a pucky the whale card tom I, no pucky the whale no no i didn't uh no mascots in there but uh i didn't yeah. know it was show and tell night i would have brought some stuff <laughs> That's all right. I just wanted to uh, just wanted to show you those because this is deep. from the the last uh, the last two games. It was the they used to they gave everybody save the whale all two hundred of us. The <laughs> <laughs> save the whale poster that you yeah. hold up. That's still well, in good just, shape. While I was researching these well, Hartford uh, Whalers trivia questions, I learned that the Hartford Civic Center is actually like in a mall or something. It is. Or it was in a mall. I don't know if it's still there. Um, yeah, it's still there. And uh, yes, they, they would make that any any uh, opposing fan would make it clear that we were in a mall. So. <laughs> you could um, go to the Gap or the food court and then swim yeah. over to catch the yeah. 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 Cool. Okay, so I don't know. Um, I, I tried not to get any that were like too crazy hard here, but I'm not going to get it. And probably I'm just going to respond Zarly Zalapsky, but go ahead. One of the best hockey names of all time. Absolutely. Okay. So this, this is a question from Randy and name at least two Winnipeggers who played for the Hartford Whalers. Oh, Jesus. That's not going to work. I, I forgot my son's name yesterday. <laughs> Fair oh. enough. Well, one of them is is this guy right here, Dave Babbage. Okay, Babbage. Yeah. yeah. Should have you showed that card? I should have known that one. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you um, could you could lead us on so we don't look that foolish. So he was technically born in Edmonton, so maybe that's you know. So I will tell you that I've lost two things in my life, and one was a game worn Babbage jersey, Whaler. Oh. Jersey. Oh, geez. Yeah, drinking and uh, a, a playing gigs doesn't work out well. You know, you wear your <laughs> game worn jersey one night in Philadelphia, and then the bags next thing you know. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, What's the who's the other? Uh, Kerry Wilson is the guy that yeah. I don't he's, even know who a, that he's is. He's a local legend here. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but you guys cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's one that you might be uh, might be in your wheelhouse. Who was the coach for the Hartford Whalers during their last season? Ooh. Wasn't Deneen was playing. Oh my God. Come on. We can give you a hint. Good. He's he's currently coaching to this day for a team. Yeah. Um that's playing tonight. Yeah, I forget his name, but I, I'm telling you, my memory, I have to. I don't remember the words to any of my songs. Well, I was going to say your memory is just full of lyrics and stuff for your songs. So. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Paul right, Maurice. Paul Maurice is yeah, the answer to that one. Yeah. He's, and he's the current coach of the Winnipeg Jets today. Yeah. Uh, here's one for you. No, no more. 
No, I got a few more. I got a few more. Your whaler street cred is plummeting. <laughs> no. Who was who? I mean, I had to Google it. Who was the last whaler to play in the NHL before retiring following the 2014 season? Um, I could go with a couple, but uh, did he play for Carolina? He had to. No, no, he didn't. The last whaler. To so play he played a couple. He didn't play long for Hartford, and then he was traded. But he was the last active guy who ever played for Hartford. Oh man, that... he's a goalie, French guy. Don't say anything else, because I don't speak <laughs> throughout the rest of the interview. Just don't dead speak. air the rest of the. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just look at each other. We'll just put on Zamboni's tunes. Yeah. The answer, Wait, Jean, was it Jean-Sebastien Jiguer. Whoa. Yes, Jiguer. Jiggy. Long I time Anaheim Ducks. I to go with Duck. Rice. Uh, it was a... Uh, Tom, can, anyway. you a, can you throw him a softball here? Okay. No, don't, don't throw me anymore. Don't yeah. Tom, I see him. He's in a well. Uh, do, do the captain one, Tommy. Do the captain one. Okay. No, I don't want any more. Just one okay. more. You, you'll get this one. Two two softballs. Who was uh, the team's last captain before they went to Carolina? Uh, Ron Francis. No. No, it wouldn't be Ronnie Francis. Kevin Deneen? Bingo. There you go. You there win. There it is. Ding, 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 ding. We have a bell sound effect that we can uh, yeah, put in we'll here. Put that in. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, oh, you're going to do another one? Yeah, it's another song. Here, ask my friend Morty. Morty, which goalie <laughs> leads the Whalers or led the Whalers in all-time wins? I'll give you some options. Was it Sean Burke, Mike Liute, Greg Millen, or Peter Sidorkowitz? Ooh, I want to change it to Mike Liute. He was there Dang. a while. Yeah, ding, ding, yeah. ding. Mike Liu, 115, 115 wins with the whale. And that that's not easy to get 115 wins with the whale. And that wraps <laughs> up trivia with the Zambonis. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much 50-50. You guys finished yeah, I don't think, there. I like yeah. the way you crunch your numbers. Yeah, you know, analytics. The passing grade is 50%. So I think uh, pass with flying colors. Guys, one of the greatest things about touring Canada was going to your uh, your shops. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Beauty. Man, this is a uh, this is that old uh San, what's it Sa- Scott what's the brand? Um CCM? No. Sandow. Sand. Do you guys know the Sandow material? No. It's from it's like the, the CCM 80s ones, right? From the 80s. No, I think this is this is early 80s. It's like thick and sandpapery. It's Oh yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, it's nice. got- for the listeners, uh, Dave's holding up a vintage Winnipeg Jets jersey with the one with the uh, what would you call that? The striping down the sleeves there on, along the side of the sleeves. OK, so and so, Dave, uh, along with this interview, uh, we have already played a song prior to this and we're going to play one on the way out. So I just want you I want you to just talk about the two songs or, and we'll actually talk about the song that we played last week. We played the Andy Moe. We've played a bunch of Samboni's songs. Yeah. You're actually all over our, our team's uh, dressing <laughs> yeah. room playlist too. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so um, as first and foremost, just take me through those three specific songs. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is it Andy Moog meets Robert Moog? No, they're both pronounced Moog. Oh, okay. But, uh, well, we screwed it up but, then. No, no, no. But we've always, uh, as a musician and a fan of the synthesizer, I always said Moog, but his name is pronounced Moog. Okay. Um, Interesting. For the song, Andy Moog worked better too. But, um, you know, that that's kind of like our favorite, uh, our favorite way to write these songs is to come at it from hockey and music. And that song specifically is the ultimate, you know, you've got Andy Moog and Robert, yeah. Moog. one invented the analog synthesizer and one was a great goalie for a bunch of different teams. So, you know, that when you're when you're writing songs about hockey, uh, you sort of get used to just figuring out 
angles and that's a perfect angle for a hockey song totally for, for a band you know or a goalie song for a listen All about the angles holy, <laughs> yeah. holy. and speaking of goalies this this other goal this other song that you had was called e-bug someone called me and like you got to turn the sound that and i got in in the middle of the game when he came in and i watched and watched and watched and uh when it ended after his interview i just i was freaked out and we i wrote that song that night called my friend tim who's uh he's been a zamboni for 10 years but he's he's the produce one of the producers of the band he plays on a lot of recordings i said tim we got to record the song right now so we wrote it and recorded it and i put it out we put it out by three o'clock the next day so oh, that's wow. that version so it's not um you know, I, I, I would have liked to add some other stuff and make it a little different, but that, that was the moment. Um, and that was just, that was crazy. And we're trying to, we've been trying to get in touch with him. Um, we reached out to his wife and I got to buy a hat cause they've got a, they've got an e-bug, uh, clothing line now, oh, but cool. they're making a movie about him. And, and if that song is not in the movie, uh, that, yeah. this, that, that, that could be it. The ending credit song, right? Like roll the credits, and that you know, there's the song. Yeah, <laughs> probably or, gonna end up using some crappy song. Like, that like in the '80s when they had like the opening credits and it, and the the theme song like was the name of the movie or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. probably gonna be "The Heat Is On" by Glenn Frey, and I'm gonna. Kill <laughs> the last song that you mentioned was "Helmet Song," so just tell us tell us a bit about that tune. Uh, Helmet song is about Craig McTavish, which you guys could tell me what what is special about Craig McTavish. Last guy to play in the league without a helmet. Right. Right. He, is he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was the last one that was allowed, uh, and he had great hair too, which is good. Yeah, that's a plus. If he was bald, I'm sure he wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he would have put a bucket on. He would have put sure. it on as soon as like yeah, as, <laughs> yeah. as soon as he could. With the Oilers, he would have had a bucket on. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so that's just um, that's a that's that's another uh, song. I mean, we love you know. I mentioned that we love music. You know, we love Dave Brubeck, and yeah. we like jazz, and we like out of tune guitars and bad drummers. So that's what, how that song gets made. Um, nice. But it's a little, it's got a little jazz. We added some horns. Yeah, and uh, it's about it's about Craig McTavish. Nice. Stylistically, yeah, the Zambonis kind of run the gamut, eh? Like you guys, absolutely. You'll do a ska song, kind of like a real, like you know, you got all kinds of different styles that you pull out of the bag. The, Is that the, the reason for that? I'll tell you why. I, I, if you went, I've got about eight thousand records in my house. I'm, I'm, I'm a big music fan, and so are the guys in this band. We love music, and we love every style of music. And the great thing is. Um, like it or not, people are going to say, oh, a hockey band, they're a joke band. Mm. So we just sort of grasp that. And uh, we know in our brains, if we are a joke band, we got a lot of jokes. But um, <laughs> why not? We don't have to take ourselves seriously. We don't have to make a, you know, all rock record or whatever. So we could do, I love songs from the 20s. We got a brand new one called Skating With Myself. It sounds like a 1920s song. Nice. Uh, punk rock whatever it is well yeah country i love old country um yeah stomping tom and hank williams are are, are my dreams so yeah, yeah the kids love the 1920s oh yeah song, so i imagine <laughs> it'll be uh yeah all over tiktok or yeah, something it'll be huge on sure. tiktok yeah. yeah and um i'm trying to go in a more metal direction but i keep getting uh vetoed <laughs> well you got fight on the ice which my son told me we stole from Iron Maiden. I didn't know that, but uh, <laughs> you could have told us that, Matt. Never, uh, I'm not, I never heard of them. You know, yeah, uh, Iron Who? I never heard of them. Yeah. And I, I don't want to micromanage here, but uh, we're not getting a little taste of the Hockey Monkey uh, song here, boys. What's going on? Oh, you're, he's asking you why you haven't played Hockey Monkey. Oh, we 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 can yeah, talk, we'll toss that one in too. Yeah. What, what what's uh you know tell us a bit about uh, the hockey monkey tune uh hockey monkey well uh we have this friend james kachulka superstar in uh, burlington vermont and james is a genius 
Uh, he's a, he's gone from uh, working at the Chinese restaurant up there to becoming the artist laureate of Vermont. And um, he left a message on my answering machine in 1996 or seven. Hey guys, I got a great idea. Um, check this out. It's like a song about a hockey that plays monkey. It's like all the scientists are running around looking for a sign, looking for the blah, blah, blah. And he just said all the words <laughs> to the first verse. <laughs> so I call Peter, who also was the guy that told me and Tarkin that we were idiots for wanting to do a hockey band. And uh, Peter was fr- Peter went to college with James and I said, we should do this song. He's like, it's really stupid. And uh, and he goes, but let's talk about it when we go up to Burlington. So we go to Burlington and we literally wrote the song in a couple different spots that day. And uh, I'll give John John our uh, our our nerdy kid in the band. He he came up with the lick, which he just stole from Electric. Uh, no, Emerson Lake and Palmer's Lucky Man. Um, and we used the Moog, and and that's how it got written. The 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 weirdest part is it's our most successful song. It's been licensed a bunch of times. Um, it's kind of crazy. It was it, it used on uh, a television show called The Loop for two seasons. And um, when we were working out the financials of it, you know, you, when you're writing a song about a hockey playing monkey, you don't think about like, hey, we should split this evenly. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> that's not your first thought. And Nickelodeon, <laughs> Nickelodeon uh, was the first uh, company to come along and say, we want to make a video for this show called Kablam, which is a great show back in the day. And uh, me, Peter and Tarkin were like, listen, let's just give James half the song because he's working in a Chinese restaurant. He's never going to do anything. He's such a wacko. And, you know, we're doing all right. We're from Connecticut. We're middle class kids. But in the end, we made like 70 grand from the damn song and James got 35 grand and we split the other. <laughs> split the other half. <laughs> yeah. So Was I really like, learned. I really learned what twelve point three percent means. That's, that's, yeah, I got. So I got one last question, and then I'll throw it over to Tommy. We're just about to run out of time here, but Uh-oh. just uh, I, I'm just curious for for being you know us being from Winnipeg or me being from Winnipeg. Thomas from Nova Scotia, but we lost the Jets, and then the Jets came back. But for sure, during that period of time there was some, you know, hard feelings and it's like, I hated hockey for a while and I got whatever, you know, here I'm back and the jets are back. Um, you know, Hartford lost their team. Unfortunately, still don't have a team back. There is pro professional hockey there. I'm just curious um, when you see a, a team, like, you know, it's the future, it's the current incarnation of the Hartford Whalers, the Carolina hurricanes, when they're wearing those Hartford Whalers jerseys, what, what are your thoughts when you see that? Like, if yeah. I think about myself, if Arizona was wearing Winnipeg jerseys, I would tell them to fuck right off. Cause like you guys don't deserve to wear those. So I'm just curious, like what your thoughts are. Cause as, as an outsider, I think it's really cool to see the Hartford Whaler Jersey again, but I'm just curious yeah. as, as being a, like a longtime Whaler fan. I'm probably different from some folks. Um, but I, I, I sort of let it go. You know, Hart, Hartford is a, is a weird city. It's, I don't love Hartford. As yeah. a city, as a city, um, you know, you go to some of these places and I'm going to take a lot of guff if anybody from uh, Hartford <laughs> is watching this, but it just wasn't, it, it wasn't the greatest place to watch a hockey game. I understand that, uh, you know, things happen. Their owner was pretty, pretty shysty. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to be working with the team and I kept on saying like, you know, they they want us to write some songs for the team and, we were in the office. I'm like, is it true you're moving? They're like, oh, no, 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 we're not moving. Yeah. But I, I got over it. And I was sad for many years. And I wrote uh, one of our songs called Bob Marley and the Hartford Whalers about, you know, the Bob Marley dying and our Hartford Whalers dying too. Yeah. I, 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 I've met Peter Good, the designer of the logo. And I love seeing that that logo. I love hearing that it's like the number one jersey for the NHL for four months. That that thrills me. It's great. And um, you know, there's a new ownership in Carolina, and and I like that. When the Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup, Matt Cullen was uh, a big supporter of the Zambonis. We were flown out to Fargo. We you know we drank from the cup. It was unbelievable, and they won again. Uh, well, he won again with Pittsburgh. And, mm-hmm. and we went back out to Fargo, but 
when Carolina won, it, it was, you know, I was psyched and there were some whalers still on that team. So it was great. So I, I, like I happen it. to like it. I happen to love it. I don't mm -hmm. know. I too drank from the cup. It's weird that you have two guys who drank from the Stanley cup. Right? I mean, how many people it's, uh, it's crazy, but I, the Islanders had it for one of the eighties, you know, celebratory teams. They brought the cup in when they were doing like a, an 83 team or something. And I got done after the mascotting and the Stanley cup was just sitting in the office and everybody's just, and the, you know, the guy who carries the cup around is there with you. And you're just like blown away because you're just looking at the Stanley cup and it's yeah. just truly, truly unbelievable to see the Stanley cup sitting right where you are and sitting next to it and yeah. years, but no lifting it above the head. No, well, that, that was the difference when we had it, it was on stage with us the whole night. It was getting tossed around. Everyone was <laughs> drunk. It was crazy. And each one of us, Matt poured Michelob Ultralight, which is the worst beer in the world. <laughs> not not like, this Matt, Matt Cullen. Yeah, Matt Cullen. And um, our drummer at the time, Matt O, he never drank a drop of alcohol his, his whole life. Never, ever drank any alcohol, never did any drugs. And I said to him like eight years before this, if we drink from the Stanley Cup, will you drink beer? He said, yes. And it's on it's on YouTube. It's Matt Cullen pouring about two ounces of Michelob Ultra Light into the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Just and Matt, Matt drinks it, and that was the end of that. Pretty much water. So yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I need to figure out a way to get myself to a Stanley Cup party. That's about, <laughs> that's about the gist of that. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Start never... thinking now you guys should just write one song about Winnipeg. Yeah. They win the cup and then you go to the party. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we'll split or, it 50, 52, or... eh? Like not 12, okay, yeah. 5, whatever he yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> I want to cut. I want to yeah. cut. <laughs> I'd like you to make a, a bold promise to the people of Winnipeg, Dave, right now that if the Winnipeg Jets do win the Stanley cup, we, the Zambonis will go and play the party for the people oh. of Winnipeg. Dave, are you willing to I are you promise. willing to do that right now on talking <laughs> hockey podcast we'll pull whatever strings we have to pull with uh, some of the people we know you know we'll get you we'll 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 say like if it, if it if it ever happens we'll say this is the band you we got to bring them up don't care the cost Fly i swear, them up here i swear on my leroy jordan cowboys football card <laughs> we will play for the winnipeg jets um we would love to just Come, come out there. I, yeah. I, I can just know. hang out with you guys, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, once, once uh, this whole. How many, uh, how many rooms you got, Randy? You got room for us or what? <laughs> well, I'm in a small condo, yeah. but yeah, we you bring a sleeping bag and you're good to go. All right. Yeah, nice. I've got four. a four month old, so if you don't mind, uh, crying gonna, baby all the time. We're gonna stay with Randy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> staying with Randy too. Yeah. <laughs> Right on, yeah. guys. Well, much appreciated. And I'm so glad that, uh, one, you answered my message and got back to me. But two, it's just been great to kind of get to know you guys and, and hang out. And I'll, I'll, I'll just send it over here to Tom just to kind of, uh, you know, uh, send things off here. Well, let's, sure. talk, let's talk next week. Yeah, well, we'll have to get you back on the show eventually here for sure. We've got, uh, you know, the season, we are, are talking hockey season goes basically as long as the uh, the hockey goes and that we feel like talking so we'll uh we didn't, we didn't we'll, even get to the story of how the hockey monkey was made by the former washington capitals mascot well then uh, this is all the more go. reason for there a sequel Cliff episode Cliff for sure tune in next well, time for yeah, that so, yeah, exactly yeah. so but yeah no a pleasure to have you guys on uh and i like to always end with like a uh Let's get pucks deep, stick on the ice, keep your chin up, and don't forget to check your lie. Uh, now, do you, which song are we throwing to here, Randy? Is it? Uh, I think we should e finish on eBug here. Yeah. Okay. So this All is right. eBug by the Zambonis. Hey, David Ayers, give us a call. Use the song. Hi, my name is David. I'm a backup goalie. Yes, I have a day job. I drive a Zamboni. all went down they told me to get dressed 42 years old time to take a real test
shots got by me at the end of two. Brenda Moore said, have some fun. So I did, and then we won. And I'm a bag of gold. First game and my first win. A bag of gold. Now I'm retired. Shot eight. I guess it's never too late. Shot nine.